the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Join us today as Pastor Draper deals with the subject of divorce in this message entitled Divorce Pandemic. Pastor Draper will be speaking from the Old Testament book of Malachi, chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. To the book of Malachi, chapter 2, verse 16, last book of the Old Testament. Malachi, chapter 2, verse 16, and there you'll find these words. For the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce, for it covers one's garments with violence, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. And all God's children said, once again, I want to preach the divorce pandemic. The divorce pandemic. We've been preaching this series. This is about the fourth message in the series. And I wanted to hang on to this series and juice it for all it's worth because divorce is such a critical issue, not just in the world, but even amidst the saints. Amen? And uh, Satan is doing a good job assaulting the family because there's somebody under my voice. Even as you sit here, nobody may not know it. Your spouse may not even know it. But some, some of you have contemplated or toyed with the idea of divorce even this year. I don't know who you are, but the thoughts have come there, even if you didn't act upon it, because Satan is a, is a devil, and he hates your marriage. He wants you to throw in the towel. And he wants you to see everything that's wrong with your partner. He don't want you to find out what's right. Satan doesn't want you to speak in faith on your spouse. The women in their uh, women's uh, retreat, I think, I, I saw them wearing little pins saying, believe in God. <laughs> Amen. And that's a powerful statement. Say, believe in God. And you got to believe God for your marriage. How many of y'all know God is an all-powerful God? How many of y'all know God can do anything but fail? How many of y'all know God keeps his words? Then why can't he keep your marriage? If he's that powerful, is he, is he able? We know that there are biblical grounds for marriage, and we know that there are certain times and the spirit permit and so forth, then so be it. But God hates divorce even when there are biblical grounds. His attitude does not change. Because it is better to be reconciled, if at all possible, until it's just proven according to the scripture that it cannot be. Once you've done all you can do, then let God be God. But what, what hurts God is that the least little thing, the least little resistance, the least little opposition, 
the least little disturbance. Uh, you, 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 you even say the D word, the D word. Matter of fact, that, ought, that D word ought to not be in your vocabulary. You ought not be threatening your spouse with the D word. Amen. Y'all getting quiet, but it's the truth. D word. Um, since Satan's ultimate goal is to destroy the marriage, and he wants your marriage. He doesn't care how long you've been married. Satan doesn't care about that. Satan want to mess up your life. He doesn't care how, even if you are single and been living, holding to the Lord, Satan is still out to strip you of your holiness. So since Satan's ultimate goal is to destroy marriage, what must we do to preserve it? Number one, pray together. Pray together. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayers of a righteous person has great power and yields wonderful results. Praying together, a marriage that prays together stays together. Prayer ought to be the rock bed of your marriage. Confessing sins. There is no healing apart from confession of sins. Confessing sin to God and to each other and, uh, and asking for God to just uh, give a breakthrough. There is no healing apart from confession. We ought to pray for each other and with each other. Uh, somebody told me just uh, last week, uh, Pastor, uh, you know, I've never prayed with my, my wife, but starting today, I'm going to start praying with my wife on a daily basis. To me, that blessed my heart so much. You know, and he wasn't the only one. I mean, that ought to be a regular thing. Don't take your marriage for granted. Don't assume. You don't know what crisis you're going to find yourself in. You can be working well together as a couple and still have crisis beyond the two of you, beyond your control. Crisis come. And even when things are going well with your marriage, hardships and trials and, and anxieties and things beyond our control intrude into our marriages. It is through prayer that broken marriages are healed. Marriages can't be healed apart from prayer. Strongholds are broken through prayer and spiritual progress is made through prayer. How many of you want to see your marriages make spiritual progress? You want to see progress? Well, it will not be apart from prayer. You have to pray progress into your marriage. You have to pray progress into your marriage. Number two, if your marriage is going to be preserved, we must love our spouse unconditionally. Say unconditionally. 1 Corinthians 13, 8a says, love never fails. We must love our spouses unconditionally. Love never fails. You see, love is patient in my failures and deficiencies, and it's not based on my performances. It's not based on how I perform, because I can't ever perform good enough. We have to love our spouse as God loves us, and as God loves our spouse. You have to see your spouse from God's perspective. God loves you unconditionally. He loves your husband or your wife unconditionally. And we must love each other with a what? An unconditional love. It is not based on performance. 
Because at our best, we still fail. At our best, we still fall short. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We will overtalk ourselves. We will say things that we should not say. Amen. We will send off a kind of a negative message or something that we should not give. There will be times you will speak before you think. You see what I'm saying? How many of y'all in your marriage, you, you, you said something you wish you could get back? I mean, all of us have. You know, I, I, why did I have to say that? Or why did I have to go there? Or was that necessary? Why did I just keep my mouth shut? Uh, but we have to love each other unconditionally. Number three, uh, communicate with each other lovingly, gently, and respectfully. We must communicate. Communication is so essential. And sometimes communication can be quite hard because one or both partners, you're not communicating lovingly. That stifles the communication process. You're not communicating gently. You're not speaking gently or respectfully. You could be right, but it's how you say what you say. You could be right as you could be, but it's how you say what you say. Colossians 4, 6 says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer one another, each other. Your speech ought to have in it a big dose, a tremendous measure of grace, seasoned with salt. Your speech ought to be words that preserve the relationship, not disturb the relationship. Your speech ought to what? Preserve the relationship and not disturb the relationship. Some of your speech is disturbing the relationship. And uh, we want to preserve the relationship. You want words that will bless and minister. Proverbs 15, 1 says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stirs up answer. Stirs up anger. Harsh words stirs up anger. And so what I'm saying to you today is that uh, even when your spouse is saying something that maybe you disagree with them, uh, uh, maybe they came at you too strong, or maybe they said it, they could have said it another way, and all that may be true, but you are always to give a soft answer. A soft answer. A soft answer. And why, why is it that when we talk to each other, we have to get loud? Why do we have to turn up the volume? Does turning up the volume fix anything? You get louder and louder and louder. The neighbors can hear you down the street. They don't want you knocking on their door telling them, telling, uh, talking about Jesus. They say, you don't even know how to talk to each other. You teach your children how to get loud. Stop yelling. I am not going to scream at my wife. I don't yell at my wife. I don't yell at my wife. I'm just not a yeller. I'm not going to do it. Many times I'm guilty of being too quiet than being too vociferous. I'm not going to yell. I just, and none of that. Not gonna, I love my wife. But not only do I love my wife, but my voice is my livelihood. If I spend all my time yelling at home, I have no voice on Sunday. I got to preach. If I'm going to yell, I may well yell for Jesus. Yeah. Amen. It's time for me to speak up. All that screaming. It doesn't take all of that. It doesn't take all that. Um, you see, a spirit-filled spouse 
will enhance his or her communication by speaking gently, softly, by speaking sensitively, and positively. All those are key words. What are the words? The first word is what? Gently. Second one? Third one? Sensitively. And fourthly? Positively. In other words, putting a positive spin on something that may not be right. Uh, uh, You're not to be cold and harsh and abusive in speech. When you speak under the influence of the Holy Ghost and in wisdom from the Father, your words will accomplish much. Your words will accomplish much when it is tempered by the Holy Ghost and wisdom from the Father. Isaiah 55, 11 says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent. Your words will be very prosperous and productive and impacting when it is under the influence of the Holy Spirit and you're speaking in wisdom from the Father. You will bless your husband or you will bless your wife as well as your children, as well as your relatives and friends. Like, matter of fact, folk will gravitate to see what you want because you have a way of saying something in such a way that it's going to bless them. It's going to bless them. And they can't wait to hear you say, sometimes some spouses are afraid to talk because they know when they, when they hear you talk, they feel all beat up. You're beat up, but, but your spouse ought to be willing to come to you and feel a sense of peace because they know you, you're going to say something in such a way that, number one, it could be received, and, and uh, you know they're speaking in the spirit and, and because of how it's, it's coming across, and it accomplishes a lot for that relationship. So the, number four, uh, if we're going to preserve our marriages, if, if it's going to be preserved, we must forgive one another regularly and let go of past hurts. Forgive each other what? And let go of past hurts. Ephesians 4.32 says, and be kind to one another. That's Ephesians 4.32. Uh, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Colossians 3.13 says, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. How many of you all have been forgiven by God? Let me see your hand. You know you've been forgiven. Okay, but my question is, can you issue out the same forgiveness that's been done unto you? Can you issue out what you've been given, what you've been given? Now, you, said, you just raised your hand and said, I've been forgiven. Well, now, can you forgive? Can you forgive? And uh, last week we said, well, some of you said, I, I asked you to raise your hand if, if you have the spirit of forgiveness in your heart. Many of you raised your hand. And I said, since forgiveness is so critical in the life of the marriage, allow me to share some insights on forgiveness. Amen. How many of y'all know forgiveness is needful? How many of you know you're better off if you forgive? Let me see your hands. How many of you know you need to forgive? How many of you know God told you to forgive? How many of you have the spirit of forgiveness? Let's check out your signs and see. And some of y'all say, well, Pastor, you said this last week. I certainly did. And the truth is worth repeating. And how many of y'all were not here last week? Let me see your hands. Ooh, that's another reason. Because they need it. They need it too. So it's a review for you. We're going to get to the new insight. But I want to make sure that 
the saints of Maranatha get the part of the message because this, this is so. You say, but I ain't married. You still need to forgive. You need to forgive. That might be some boss or some mama, some sister, some relative, some friend, even as a single, that you need to forgive. It's not just uh, exclusively for those who are married, even though this is in the context of marriage. Number one, let's check out your signs. If the spirit of forgiveness is not the longing of one's heart, it will not come. If the spirit of forgiveness is not the longing of one's heart, it will not come. Some of y'all can't forgive because you don't even want to forgive. You don't even think about it. You don't even ask yourself the question, should you forgive? You don't even, that's not even an afterthought. If you don't want to, you won't. I tell you what, some of y'all get so mad at folk, you don't even want to pray for them. Now, y'all know I'm telling the truth. Now, if you know if you don't want to pray for them, you know you ain't going to forgive them. Excuse the English. You ain't going to forgive them. The Bible says pray for your enemies. Doesn't it say that? It's all in the Bible. Some of y'all get so mad, you're too mad to pray. You like your condition. Although you know it's not right. I, I, I ain't got over it yet. Well, you better hurt him get over it. 20 years still trying to get over it. Because if you don't hurt him get over it, it's going to bring about your own demise. You don't have to be 20 years trying to get over something. I'm still trying to be healed. Hurry up and get healed. So you can be productive. So you can help somebody. So that you can be a blessing. So your wife can like you more. So your husband can like you more. Your children can want to hang around you more. You know? So uh, if the spirit of forgiveness is not the longing of one's heart, it will not come. Number two, apart from the Holy Spirit's enablement, it is impossible to forgive. Don't you realize the Holy Ghost have to help you forgive? Now, now I know there's not a soul in here, I don't have to ask you a question, that somebody at some point and in time have hurt you. Someone has hurt you and has hurt you deeply, whoever it is. Somebody shared your innermost secret. Somebody stabbed you in the back. Somebody you gave all you could and did all you could to receive the kind of treatment that you've gotten. Some child has hurt you. Some child, some husband has hurt you. Some wife has hurt you. Some boyfriend has betrayed you. Apart from the Holy Spirit's enablement, it is impossible to forgive. The Holy Ghost has to help you to forgive. Without the Holy Ghost enablement, you'll not be able to forgive. You can't do this thing in your flesh. It's bigger than you. You need help. You need some help. The Bible says, apart from me, you can do nothing, says John 15, 5. We want you to have a Merry Christmas. And some of you, you don't need a gadget. You need forgiveness. That's the greatest gift you can get this Christmas is a forgiving spirit. That'll be the best Christmas. That's better than anything you can put under the tree. Think, think about it. It's the, it's the best thing that you can put under the tree. Number three. Forgiveness comes when your will and fleshly desires 
are subjugated to the will of the Father. Forgiveness comes when your will and fleshly desires are subjugated to the will of the Father. Matthew 26, 39 says, he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed saying, oh my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Forgiveness come when your will and fleshly desires are subjugated to the will of the Father. In other words, you put your, you put your will. Jesus said, not my will. And that's what you got to say. You got you to think like Jesus, not Randers' will. Yep. Not say your name. Say it not. Say it a little bit louder. Not will. But your will be done. Because my will, I knock them out. I slap their face. Amen. My will get in the way. Don't tell him what I do. Amen. You, you, you still, listen, you still got fleshly desires and propensities in you and inclinations. Yeah, you save, but if you don't think spiritually, your flesh will get all in your way. You tell somebody what they need to hear. You know you will. Some of y'all will tell them where to go. And that ain't right. We here to save people from hell. You know, won't y'all say amen? The worst thing you can tell anybody, you go to hell. Oh, God. Do you know how, how, don't you ever fix your mouth? Don't you, you telling your husband to go to hell? Your wife? Don't you ever fix your mouth. You repent of that. You know, you know, someone once said, all of us ought to spend five minutes in hell. Just five minutes. Somebody said that a long time ago. All of us would, would street ministry would be packed. When it comes to knocking on those doors, I think third Saturday, when that Saturday's coming up, it's in your experience. Man, I have a thousand folk out there telling folk about Jesus because you've you got some hell sin on your clothes. You know why we, we lackadaisical, we're witnessing and can tell folk to go to hell? Because we don't, we forget about the seriousness of hell. Hell is a horrible place. You dying and never die. Burning and can't even burn up. Eternal torment. Misery. Suffering. Every opportunity that you had to receive Christ and you excuse your way out of it, will be replayed over and over in your memory for all eternity. No jailbreaks. No plea bargains. A, a separation, separation without God. Out of darkness. It's a horrible place. Wailing, weeping, gnashing of teeth. Hell is a horrible place. And that's why we try to preach the hell out of folk. Number four, one has absolutely nothing to gain from an unforgiving spirit but everything to lose. One has absolutely nothing to gain from an unforgiving spirit 
but everything to lose. How many of you know that, that you have absolutely nothing to gain from an unforgiving spirit? Let me see your hands. Come on, just be honest. How many of you know that you have everything to lose if you don't forgive? Then why can't you? Why can't you? Why can't you? If you have nothing to gain and everything to lose, why can't you? Number five, some would rather lose all than forgive all to their own detriment and to the detriment of their family. That's big. It gets bigger. Some would rather what? Lose all. Huh? Some would rather lose all than what? Forgive all to their own detriment and the detriment of their family. They would rather calculate their losses rather than experience victory. Some would rather what lose all than forgive all to their own detriment and to the detriment of their family. They would rather calculate their losses rather than experience victory. Lose your family, your husband, your child. You won the war, but you lost your family. You won the war, but your husband's gone. No one wants to be around you. You're lonely now. You're depressed. Satan don't show you the other side until you get to the other side. Now let me get to the signs of forgiveness. I said signs early, but here's the real signs right here. The signs of forgiveness. Number one, when the word of God rules and reigns in your, your life. When the word of God rules and reigns in your life. Signs for forgiveness. When the word of God rules and reigns, then that's a true sign, indication that you can forgive and will forgive because the word has authority and preeminence in your life. The word of God. When it is activated, when it's ruling and reigning, then uh, uh, forgiveness is no issue because the word uh, uh, just moves you to do what needs to be done. Number two, when you can love the one who has hurt you the most, that's a sign of forgiveness. We've all been hurt. When you can love the one who has hurt you the most is a sign of forgiveness. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. It's that time again. The Maranatha Bible Church family invites you to an interactive, life-changing adventure for the entire family during our annual Vacation Bible School held Sunday through Thursday, June 5th through the 9th at 6 p.m. daily. Join us as we sing, pray, and explore Bible stories as we unearth the truth about Jesus. Grow in your faith with us as we celebrate and give thanks to Christ. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.